0: Welcome into the Laundry Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Melander. I got my co-host, Rocky Breezy both former Louisville basketball managers. Uh, we're going to talk to you guys more about our stories, what we used to do, some of our different things that happened to us during our time at Louisville uh, to relate to some, some of the things that are going on today. But uh, we're going to start it off with talking about college basketball, conference week, and uh, I'm excited for this week. We got a lot of good conference championships coming up, a lot of teams on the bubble that need to win their conference championship to get in. And uh, let's start off with the conference winners. What did we have last week? Yeah, so over the weekend, uh, out of the
1: ASUN, we had Liberty. Obviously, they uh, were actually an automatic bid qualifier before they got to the championship game due to North Alabama being unable to do it. So
0: Right, which is always interesting now, especially with COVID. Everything kind of changes when it comes to the tournaments and the games like that and different things like that. So what about Loyola Chicago, one, uh, no surprise there, they've been dominant all season. Uh, Drake was the only team that was really- Gonna compete with them. Gonna compete, but they lost yeah. two of their best players.
1: Porter Moser, he's doing his job. Yeah, he getting is. Them back, Getting them back since their fi- first time since their Final Four run a couple years ago. So. Right, and uh, great.
0: Sister Jean still cheering them on. We keep seeing her pop up over and over again, so you love to see that. Always a good feel good story there. Moorhead State, a that's local a big Kentucky shock. That's yeah. a big
1: shocker, they destroyed Belmont. They, they looked
0: very good. And it's very surprising that Belmont is normally the favorite in the net as, as as well as Murray State. Those are always the two teams that are normally competing for their conference championship. But Moorhead State coming out of nowhere, taking a big win and making it into the tournament this year. Yeah, and fun fact, last time they made the tournament was
1: 2011. Guess Which who they played? Louisville, of Louisville, course. 2000, uh, buzzer beater with four seconds left on the clock to upset the 12 over the 4 seed. That was... Brutal for yeah. Louisville, but I mean, it's great for Morehead State to get back in there 10 years later.
0: Right, and then the last one that has punched their ticket already before the week even starts, Winthrop, of course. Not shocking at all. Pat Kelsey is doing
1: a year and a year out at Winthrop. I can't believe he doesn't have a bigger job yet.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think he's going to be on to bigger and better things, and uh, that is going to lead us into championship week, like I said. A lot of conferences, obviously, going on this week. A lot of big games a lot of teams like i was saying before are, that are on the bubble are gonna have to either make a little bit of a run in the tournament or overall win it i know that there's a lot of teams that are literally banking on this last week to get into the tournament
1: yeah and it's actually some big names too when you think about it you know, michigan state probably needs to they gotta do something this weekend I mean, they do have three top five wins in the last two weeks and it is january february oh, it is so yeah, it's a you know. month so i mean anything can happen for michigan state and the two other big ones Kentucky and Duke. I mean, neither of those teams have been good all year long. And, I mean, they both those teams have to win their conference championships to make it to tournament.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, the only one I will disagree with you there, Duke, I could see the tournament just being lenient and letting Coach K in there. I mean, if you look at the last four in on Lenardi's last four in and his first four out, I think they're going to pick the Blue Bloods over the mid-majors, I have to say. <sighs> I mean, even after – Getting blown out by their rival North Carolina the other night? Yeah, that might be the big one. I think they're going to have to win at least two or three games in the ACC tournament just to stay in the bubble, like you said. I don't know if they'll necessarily have to win the tournament, but... They at uh, least have
1: to make that championship.
0: They at least. Gonna at have least. To, I think they're going to have to make a run, but we're going to start it off the Big East, Villanova. <sighs> Thoughts about them without Colin Gillespie?
1: Colin Gillespie and possibly Justin Moore. They lost him the other day against Providence, and that's, I mean, that's their two top scores outside of Jeremiah, Robinson, Earl, so... I mean, they didn't look good no. without either of them the other day. I well, it's going to be tough for them. I don't see them winning the Big East. I think, especially the way UConn's been playing the last couple of weeks, and even Creighton.
0: I just don't see Villanova doing it. No, and Villanova honestly was kind of on of a downward trend before Gillespie even got injured. And I think you add Gillespie on top of that. Like you said, Justin Moore might be out as well. Your two top dogs out for your conference tournament. I, I just, I just don't see them being able to pull it together here and winning the Big East. No, uh, I don't either. And then it brings us to our next team, Creighton as a two seed. McDermott, definitely in trouble for those statements. Yeah, and it was not, 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 a, not looking good for Creighton. Yeah, not a good look there. Um, but Creighton on the other hand, you know, they just are so streaky. I mean, if you watch that game between them and Villanova the other night where Gillespie got injured, they were down by what was it, 22, 27 points? Yeah. And then came back and made it within a five point game. So it's just what Creighton team are we going to see is going to be the big question. Yeah,
1: and it's really going to be determined how Zagorowski and Mahoney play for them. I mean, they're, they're they're two X factors of that team. When when they're both playing well, that team, it looks like it's a team that could easily win. The biggest, right. especially now with Villanova down, I think their only true competitor would be UConn. But if we get a Zagorowski that doesn't want to come out and doesn't want to score, doesn't want to average his typical you know, 15, 20 points a game, Creighton could be out early as well.
0: Right, and I, I think that... Creighton may go out, and it's going to lead us to our next team at UConn at the three seed. I like UConn to win the Big love East. UConn. I love UConn. I love UConn. I think they are peaking at the right time. They love to make a deep run in March, as we all know. I mean, that's just UConn the last ten years. They they come around in March, like you said, for Izzo being March. UConn as a whole, as a team, they just come together in March. And there's nothing more
1: fun than Dan Hurley being fired up in March. <sighs> Absolutely not. For UConn and a good Big East –
0: that's an electric sideline to watch in it, New York this year. It definitely year. is and I'm I'm very excited to see them play. I think they are going to win the Big East this year and punch their ticket like that. The last seed we have is St. John's as a 4 seed. I just I don't think they have what it takes to put it together for an entire conference tournament. I think they're going to have a couple good games. I just don't see them putting what is it, 4 games together to be able to win their tournament. Three, I think. Three games, yeah. Yeah. I just don't see that happening.
1: And I don't even think that they've been that good this year. I think the fact that they're a four seed this year with the way that they've played, I think it really shows how down the Big East this year is overall. Right. I mean, they lost to DePaul,
0: who won four games. Granted, they had some COVID issues, but... Still, losing to DePaul this year... (laughs) It's not good. It's It's not not a a good good look. I mean, DePaul has not been a great team. For a very long time and we could get into that later but have they ever I, you know that is another <laughs> that is another day question for another day <laughs> but um yeah for the big east you know um, i'm gonna go with yukon that's my favorite to win it are you going with yukon as well yeah i think i'm gonna have to agree with you okay. I, mean, I think
1: they're streaking at the right time i think book night uh, obviously, he's been in and out this year, but I mean, he played when he's playing well, he's playing like a player of the year candidate, and Absolutely. I don't know that there's anybody that's going to stop
0: him through the Big East tournament. I don't think so either. Uh, that'll move us on to the ACC tournament. Virginia as a one seed, shocking. Uh, you know, not very <laughs> shocking. I mean, I could not, I could not believe Florida State blew that um, against Notre Dame to win the conference. Brutal. Game. That <laughs> brutal, is a brutal, a brutal loss. loss. But um, thoughts on Virginia this year?
1: they just do their thing i mean it's i I, even when they won the national championship they weren't super flashy it's not tony bennett's way they just they're grimy they dig in they just do their thing they don't worry about any outside noise they don't worry about what other teams try and do they know their identity and they stick to it and i think think as long as tony bennett's there it's hard to see them not being a one or two seed year in and year out
0: yeah I, i love virginia this year uh i mean like you said tony bennett defensive genius as always always putting his game plan together, keeping the scores low, long shot clocks as always, which is detrimental to a lot of teams. They do not like that slow pace no. that they love to play. And Hauser and Huff have been fantastic this year. I, I mean, Hauser coming in for Marquette has just been a dream for Tony Bennett and that Virginia
1: team. Right? Oh, absolutely. He has added the scoring that they kind of missed last year without you know Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy. They didn't have that three-point threat that they've right. had in years past, and I think Hauser really provided that this year, and I think they, they proved that that's what they need to – To be a national championship contender,
0: absolutely. I think Virginia, definitely a favorite to win the ACC, and uh, I think they may have a chance to make a little bit of a run in the tournament as well. Our second seed in the ACC, Florida State. I like Florida State this year, but they're such a streaky team when it comes to when they play bad teams. They play bad. They play. They play the level of their opponent. Yeah, exactly. They play down to their competition. They play up, and we've seen it over and over again when they played North Carolina last week or I guess that was two weeks ago, they played down to North Carolina. They had a, a 12, 14-point lead at halftime and mm-hmm. just fell apart in the second half. Notre Dame on Saturday to secure the ACC fell apart again. They didn't even look good from the start. I mean, no. Notre Dame was in control. That They just
1: they didn't even look like they wanted to win the ACC. No. They, and, they weren't interested.
0: And I think they are the most talented team in the ACC this year. But can they put it together? Especially against that Virginia defense. Exactly. And I think those two – I think that might be the ACC championship
1: game right there but once again even though it was a COVID tournament last year no games were actually played they are the reigning ACC they champions are the reigning yes. ACC weird to say they didn't play a game but they are the reigning ACC champions going. yeah that was definitely uh, that was one of my last memories
0: I have of the college <laughs> basketball season yeah. is Florida State coming back onto the court to get
1: crowned not even playing their game yet
0: right it was a very weird moment and obviously none of us knew what was to come after that but uh Definitely a very, very strange way to end the season. Um, our next, our third seed in the ACC, Vautech. Surprise. Very big surprise. Hello, Mike White. I absolutely love this Vautech team, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, they are very, very good. Kiva Luma has been a stud for them. I think that they are very similar. They're a very streaky team. They have, right. you know, they have chances where they play really, really well. Um and even when they, you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about Louisville. Obviously, we worked there. But right. they played Louisville. They didn't look that great. It was a great no. game. But, I mean, if that's the way you're going to play, you're not going to win an ACC tournament. I hate to say that. but No,
0: I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, Virginia Tech is a little bit ahead of their time right now. I think. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you have to think to start the year, they were picked to finish 11th. Exactly. So I mean, you think, think you're a 3C going in. That's amazing.
0: Right. And I think Aluma, I think, you know, he's averaging 15.9 points per game this year, averaging 30 minutes a game. Which is a lot, and I think that is going to be the key is, can he have the legs to play back-to-back nights? And I think that's going to be a big problem for Votek in the tournament this year. Because yeah, they do not go
1: deep. So no. that, is,
0: that is going to be a
1: team that it, it's, it's going to be a struggle for them to try and win this. Not saying they can't, but it will be a struggle compared right. to some of these other teams.
0: Exactly, and they're going to need Illumina to ball out every night and playing 30 minutes a game, back-to-back nights. I mean, we've seen it firsthand. It's hard to keep players rested and ready to go when mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of time in between their games. Mm-hmm. Our next seed, a little bit of a surprise here, Georgia Tech as a fourth <laughs> seed <seat> in the <laughs> ACC. I mean, Josh Pastner, man, he's he's electric. I love The Bassner. face shield. Uh, he's been
1: fantastic this year to watch. He is awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Georgia Tech coming out of absolutely nowhere. I mean, this is bottom 14 the last couple of years since Pastner's been there. And all right. of a sudden, I mean, I think they won six straight to finish the regular season. I I mean, Moses Wright, named ACC Player of the Year. Jose Alvarado was Defensive Player of the Year of the ACC, both named today. So, I mean, those two guys together, I can see Georgia Tech making a run. That's it. That could be a championship
0: team. I could see Georgia Tech making a run as well. Uh, like you said, Moses Wright is key. My biggest problem with them, just like Virginia Tech, they're not a very deep team. <laughs> and I think in these type of tournament-type scenarios where you're playing back-to-back games, it's very hard to make a run without a deep team especially when you need the legs. Not saying they won't do it, but definitely uh, going to be a little bit of a struggle for them in that aspect of it. Completely agree. If you have a surprise team, who is it? It's North Carolina. North I mean, Carolina.
1: I, for the way that that team started, I mean, Christmas time, they weren't making the tournament. They were like Duke. They were like Michigan State. They were like Kentucky. Now, right. obviously, Michigan State and North Carolina look like they will get into the tournament. But, I mean, they're 11-5 in 2021. Mondo Baycott is just he's playing electric for them. He yep. is a X factor for them. When he's playing well they play well and the freshman point guard in Caleb Love is just consistent. He does it on both sides of the floor. He is electric on defense. He can light a ball from, he can light it up from three. He can take it into the lane. I, North Carolina is very much a team that could win this tournament.
0: I think North Carolina, like you said, is a sneaky good team right now. They're very hot. I was talking about Florida State earlier. They beat Florida State at home i thought that was a great win for them i think they're a for the tourney now i know they were on the bubble for a while but i think now they're definitely in and i think they will make a little bit of a run here they're going to make some noise in this acc tournament oh for sure and i think they have a great chance to uh and they're a deep team as well i mean they do they go about four or five deep on that bench so yeah. it's hockey subs coming over the bench for them and that's what exactly. you that's what
1: you need coming turning time you may not need it during the regular season you may not know it but come tournament time if you can run four or five
0: deep Oh yeah you're that sit- can that can out be talent oh yeah you' were sitting absolutely pretty going into conference tournament time uh, our next conference getting into the American conference here one seat is Wichita State which is a big surprise yeah I mean Greg Marshall obviously
1: those allegations came out right before you know practices and everything started right Isaac Brown gets the interim job they're the one seat in the American conference I gets his five-year deal the two, the guard combo for Wichita State is unbelievable between etn and gilbert those guys they do it all for them
0: they really do and i you know i love isaac brown wichita state their biggest competition i think in this american tourney is going to be houston and they have houston's number i don't know if you watched that game earlier this year but every time houston would come back wichita state would come back with another punch every single time they looked like they're going to let houston back in the game they were able to close that door on them and i think that they have a great chance to win this conference.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'd be surprised if it's not Wichita State or Houston coming out of the American. I mean, somebody had a very good, you know, tournament, but Wichita State is a very good conference tournament team, and they're going to be a very good tournament team.
0: And it's a feel-good story whenever the the coach gets fired right before the season starts, and the team's able to rally around the interim head coach, who you just said signed a great five-year deal. I think that... It's going to be really fun to watch Wichita State in this American tournament, and I think they have a great chance of winning. And that moves us on to our number two seed, Houston. You know, Houston. (laughs) Every year, man. every every year. year. You just don't know what you're going to get. They have this great record, but then you start looking down into their wins. Only one top 25 win versus Texas Tech. It's just rough losses that they had. There was a loss against Tulsa earlier this year. Not good wins. I just don't know what to think about this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Kelvin Sampson. Never know what can happen when it comes right. to him. I, he's a very good coach. They're very consistent throughout the regular season, year in, year out. But it's like you said, they get to the tournament every year. And it's – outside of a couple of years ago when they were in the second weekend, they just – they come tournament time, they don't look great. They no. They kind of struggle when it comes to depth. And I think that's kind of the big point, especially when it comes to the conference tournament this week is – do they have the depth to go with a Wichita State that can go 4-5-6 right. deep on the bench?
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, like you said, Houston, I said for it was a few years ago when they made it to the second weekend, they don't make it far in the tournament. And I don't know what it is with Samson's teams, but they just they can't seem to have that next level or that next gear yeah. to be ready for conference time or for tournament time, for instance. So, I mean, I like Houston. I just don't see them making a – I think they'll make a run in their conference tourney, but I don't see them making a run in the actual tournament at all. Uh, the third seed in this conference, Memphis, uh, shows
1: where the American is this year. Right. No offense
0: to Memphis, but uh, the American Conference has just had a kind of a rough year. Uh, Memphis up and down all year, obviously. Yep. A rough, rough loss against Houston. Yeah, that is the not the night. way you want to end your season on a buzzer beater. It's no, I from
1: experience, losing on buzzer yeah, beater is... to end your season is very rough. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like you said. I mean, Memphis has the talent. I mean. I think Penny Hardaway has proven that they he can recruit. I, they have right. they have the guy Landers Nolly L Ellis. They have talent down there. It's they just struggle to put it together. You really know do. It, it I don't know what the reason is behind that, but I, I that kind of a talent it leads you to believe that they could go deep. Fifteen and seven on the regular season as a three seed. Like you said, they don't have great wins. They don't have no. You know and, some of the losses are rough, but. And they're gonna to have to win their conference tournament to get in. Yeah, I mean that that and that that is what that could spark them for a run. I mean, right. they, they couldn't understand that, you know, it's gonna take a conference championship to get into the postseason. If that's really what you want to do, you can do it with that talent.
0: Right. We've already seen a couple teams already that weren't supposed to win, like Moorhead State uh, winning the OVC. And I think Memphis could be one of those sneaky teams that gets that last win the last not last win, but they're a bid stealer where hmm. they are able to win their conference championship and steal that bid from another team. Keeping it from Duke. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That'll move us on to our last seed in the American Conference, SMU. Uh, this <laughs> Rough year. This, this kind of shows you, like you said, what the American is about this year. I'm worried about consistency with this team. We've seen that they've had COVID problems all year. Yeah, they've missed. Seven of the last eight games were canceled,
1: including their last six. So, I mean, they've been off for a while. Right. Could, it's, some it, teams can bounce back really well from that. They can learn from it. Other teams struggle.
0: Right, it, It's going to be a challenge to see what SMU team we're going to get this week. And I just don't know with this SMU team, like you said, what, what are we going to get here? They've had so much. They haven't played any games because of COVID lately. They've not played a lot of games this season, just in general. Mm. I just don't know what kind of team we're going to see in the American Conference. They could make a great run. They could. And it's
1: going to be led by Kendrick Davis, obviously. Yeah, he's averaging 18 and 8 for them. Right. He's a stud. Oh, absolutely. It's... <sighs> It is, it is going to be tough for them. I think it, if you think about the way the American Conference is this year, right. they can easily go. I, oh, it's, absolutely. It's not like the American Conference is at the top this year. They're not one of the no. better conferences, so they can make a run, but it's going to rely
0: on Davis to do it. Oh, absolutely, and that is going to be the biggest thing with SMU is can Davis be able to do it on a consistent basis. With not the, They're not going to have the, the legs, I think, that a lot of the other teams are going to have this year, yeah. which is going to be rough for them in a conference tournament. Uh, we're going to move on to the Big 12. It's a great conference this year. It is a fantastic <laughs> conference this year. I think a lot of the the top of the Big Twelve has a great chance. Any of those teams to win the NCAA tournament this year. The one seats Baylor. No surprise there. No, arguably the number one team in the country. Their only loss coming against Kansas. So right, and that and it was against Kansas on Senior Night. Yeah, and Kansas historically does not lose on Senior Night. It's something about Kansas playing at home where they, just, they oh, wow. just don't lose. I, I mean,
1: Rock Chalk, it's yeah. just, that's just what they do. But, yeah, obviously Baylor, number one seed. They've had a tough go of it, too, this year with COVID. They've had six games canceled, including that game, which was going to be the best game of the year. It's number one, Gonzaga. Oh, Earlier yeah. on this season, I'm... you were going to have number one, number two. That was going to be a 90-91 game
0: right oh, there. Oh, that was going to be a blast, and I'm very sad we had to miss that matchup. But I think that could be the matchup we see in the national championship the year. this year is Baylor versus Gonzaga. The two seed is Kansas. No surprise there. No surprise. I cannot believe they almost lost to University of Texas El Paso. <laughs>
1: they
0: were uh, heavy, heavy favorites, and they just overlooked them, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. They have
1: been – we've seen times where they can be very streaky this year. They, there's times where they look like they can be the best team in the nation, and there's Correct. other times where you know, they lost five or six in a row early on, early in you know, Big 12 play, which has never happened under Bill Self. So I think – Kansas is in rare territory this year. I mean, right. they still have seven top 25 wins, including that Baylor win number against number two Baylor. So Kansas is a team that, you know, they can win the big 12 or they can lose in their first game. It's yep. really going to depend on matchups. It's going to depend on what team we see
0: uh, coming out of Kansas. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, their worst loss is Oklahoma, which is not even a bad loss at all. Uh, Kansas is, like you said, one of those teams, though, they're either going to make a far run or they're going to lose in the first round. and. Uh, you just just don't know what type of team we're gonna see. That UTEP, it's just that UTEP tough game scares me.
1: It is. It, it would de- and it's definitely a trap game for them. I mean, you're coming off big win. You're going into conference tournament. You have a t- decency to look over a UTEP, right. but yeah. at the same time, that's not the way you want to finish out your season. No,
0: absolutely not. And uh, the three seed in the Big Twelve is Texas. Hair talks Sh- or hair. Hair Chaka smart is. He's good. Yeah, I like Chaka Smart a lot. I've always been a fan of his. My biggest problem with this Texas team, though, is they don't close games. No, they, they definitely do struggle to close games. And, I mean, that's what you have to have down the stretch. Uh, right, and that's and that's what scares me about this team against any team in a conference tournament or any NCAA yeah. tournament for that matter. What happens when they get in a close game? What are they going to do? Are they going to fall apart like they've been falling apart this season, or are they going to be able to close them out?
1: Yeah, and it's really going to come down to that three-guard play. I mean, those three guards, they do struggle to defend, and that is the issue because you have to have those three guys out there at one time, and Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, and Courtney. It's just tough. I mean... I mean, I don't know. I, Texas is really just a wild card for me. Right, I, it's a team that, like, I think it's kind of like Kansas. It's a team that we can see lose Game One because they can't close it out after being up by ten, or it's a team that's going to start blowing out teams come this tournament and make a run for it. Yeah, they could
0: upset Baylor. Yeah, I'm gonna say Texas is not back. It's uh, gonna be my proposition. <laughs> that's Texas on that football. One. Yeah, well, I think for basketball <laughs> as well. I think I think they've had a great season. I just don't see them making too far of a run here. Just until they are able to show me that they can close out games, I'm not gonna have the faith in them that like I should. Um, the fourth seed in the Big 12, it's no surprise here, West Virginia, Bob Huggins. I love this team. i It's hard not to like a Bob Huggins team. I, Bob, Bob
1: Huggins is a, an electric coach. His teams are always scrappy. They're always fun to watch on both ends of the court. And it's been that way since he was at Cincinnati. I, that's a team that, you know, they did lose to Florida this year, who is not a good Florida team. No. But they still have top five top 25 wins. I think that comes from the Big 12 being so loaded this year that, I mean, it's hard not to have top twenty-five wins when you're playing in the Big 12 this year. Every team is—it seems like every team is ranked. If right. You, if every team you play, is, if your worst loss is to Oklahoma, who's the five C and could arguably be a top one or
0: two C this year, that's a great loss. No, absolutely. And you know, I love Bob Huggins. I think they have a deep bench. And my biggest thing in conference tournament time is deep benches because you're playing back-to-back nights. You're gonna have to use those bench players, and West Virginia does very well. I like this team to make a run. I'm going to throw a surprise one at you here. This is my dark horse, is Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean,
1: Oklahoma State, I honestly thought before, you know, really looking at the bracket, I thought they were going to be a top four seed. I I did not know that they were going to be back as a sixth seed. So... Oklahoma State at Kate Cunningham is just very, very good. Hopefully he will be back. Obviously he missed the other day because he did get hurt with an ankle. Right, but that was a huge win they got against us yeah, West even Virginia, with, right? Yeah, even yeah. without even without him, they still beat West Virginia. Uh sloppy play by West Virginia down the stretch there. You know, they had a chance to win. They had a couple turnovers there on their last couple of possessions. Um right. which obviously for West Virginia that's that's not a good look. But yeah, Oklahoma State
0: Mike Boynton, he's he's got him going there. Yeah, and I you know I think they might be the sneaky team that wins. Uh, I don't know if they'll win this conference tournament, but I think they're going to upset a couple teams here and really make a lot of noise. Yeah, I think come you know conference tournament,
1: probably get they could get to a semif- the semifinals pretty easily. But yeah. I think you know if you look forward to next week when it comes to the actual tournament, that's a team that could be a second weekend team very easily. Oh,
0: absolutely, I love them to make the Sweet Sixteen and maybe even the Elite Eight. We'll see about that. I don't want to get too crazy about them. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on to the Big Ten, another fantastic conference. Yeah. Big Ten, Big Twelve, definitely the two best conferences this year. Michigan,
1: Whew, they look good. They John do. Howard has that team looking ready to go for March. Obviously, ending the season with a loss at Michigan State, not what you want. On not a the road great look against to end. No, not especially against a rival. But it's a
0: trap game. I mean, they just it beat. Uh, it was back to back, right? They played Michigan State earlier in yeah. the week
1: at home, and and that's their worst loss too of the year at right. Michigan State. That's that's pretty. And once again, it's like we said earlier, it's January, February, as it's yeah. his month. It's not not that surprising. The biggest issue I think for Michigan is Eli Brooks got hurt the other night, right. with an ankle injury. I don't know if we'll see him this week. Hopefully, we will because that's eight three and three that we're missing for Michigan. Huge. I And that proved the other night. You know, he went out and they just did not look the exact same no. way. And if he is out, they are going to need Hunter Dickinson to, to step up in a big way.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, I do love this Michigan team. I love what Juwan Howard has done. I think they're definitely going to be a force to reckon with in the Big Ten as well as the NCAA tournament. And like you said, it's not really that bad of a loss at Michigan State. Michigan State is fighting for their lives to get into the tournament. Yep. You knew they were going to come back after that bad loss against Michigan the game before and definitely have a different game plan. It's Izzo. He's not going to lose by 25 again. So I really like this Michigan team. But the team I think I enjoy more and think is going to have a better run is Illinois. I fully agree with you there. Illinois, they were top four teams start the year, I believe, in the preseason rankings. And I
1: arguably think they should have stayed there all year. I mean, they they look very, very good. Io,
0: he is electric, especially really with the mask. Is. I love that bat mask. He looks like Batman out there. I, I, he, just, he looks like he's having fun while he's out there, too. Yeah. And Kofi Coburn is... Finally, learning that he can dominate in the paint. I mean, that man is NBA ready. He is ready to make a run in this tournament, and I think the inside game is so important in when it comes to conference tournament time because you start to lose your legs in that second and third game, and the three pointers aren't going to hit as much. Those outside shots aren't going to hit. What are you going to do, Kofi Coburn down low? I love him down there. Yeah, I do too. And I think when we going back to what you're talking about in the late game. They looked
1: like they were down and out the other night at Ohio State. I, I was, you know, watching that game. I thought that game was over. Ohio State was up five under two minutes to go, and all of a sudden, Illinois just came out of nowhere and just defense, defense, defense. They're hitting threes. They're hitting. They're getting and ones. They're aggressive, which nowadays it is hard to find an aggressive team right. on both ends of the floor because of the way the fouls are called. Right. So coaches tend to go away from that. But yeah, Illinois. They. That's a team that could easily win, and they're a team that can close out games.
0: Yeah, I, I love that Illinois team. I think. They're gonna make a run. I have that's my favorite to win the Big Ten conference tournament, and uh, but that'll move us on to Iowa, another big man heavy team with Luca Garza, player of the year. Uh, really cool what happened, what they did at the end of his game, retiring his number. I fully agree. I, I mean, having your number retired
1: and you're still technically playing. Right. That's. That, that is that's a that's a, no, that doesn't happen ever. So, I mean, that is a true honor and it shows exactly what Luca Garza has meant to Iowa Iowa over the last four years. And he is a I mean, he is player of the year. I mean, I think that's pretty easy. I think the biggest concern for Iowa, they're down wise camp, hurt his ankle the other night. Right. Uh, don't know if we'll see him. That's another big loss, just like some of these other teams, you know, with Eli Brooks and Colin Gillespie being out he's averaging 15 points on six rebounds a game that's that's a lot to make up especially going into the Big Ten tournament where teams are just scoring 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 that's that's a lot of point production to make up
0: no absolutely uh I I do like this Iowa team I think Weisskamp if he doesn't play I think completely changes the whole complexity of this team and how they're going to be able to operate it's going to be a lot more pressure on Garza to perform and I think night after night especially in conference tournament I just keep harping on it it's back-to-back days playing you don't get that day of rest that you get when you play in a sub tournament which is mm-hmm. completely different
1: it is yeah and
0: it takes a toll on you it really does uh i like iowa i don't see them winning this tournament though
1: i don't either i think i agree with you um going back to the two seed in illinois i think illinois is probably my favorite especially if Eli brooks is out for michigan
0: right absolutely uh the four seed and the last seed we're going to talk about is purdue Definitely, kind of a surprise team this year.
1: Yeah, I really didn't even know that they were that good this year. They I didn't you know either. they did not get talked about. They still have, you know, of course they have their eight foot big white big man from wherever, but they always do. It's just, that's just what they do. So <laughs> Matt Painter does. So, yeah, I mean Purdue.
0: I don't think they've really done, you know, a whole lot. You know, I think they're going to be able to keep games close. I just don't see them making too much of a run. I mean, their worst loss is Miami. Which is a really bad loss. That is a very bad Miami loss. Miami is horrible this year, but they do have but five Miami's, top twenty-five wins. Right. Which
1: once again, I think it kind of goes back to it's very similar to the Big Twelve, where the Big Ten has a lot of team strength this year. So right. It kind of makes it, you know, that number isn't maybe what it would be on a normal year.
0: Right. Absolutely. And you know, I like Purdue. They are a sleeper team. I just don't see them beating the likes of Illinois or Michigan in this tournament. Um, our last conference we're going to talk about the Pac-12. The West Coast basketball, the one seed is Oregon. Per uh, Out of nowhere, honestly, Oregon was not the one seed. No,
1: yeah, they actually had a win last night at Oregon State, and they won very handily. I mean, they from the get-go, they were knocking down shots, and it all starts with Chris Duarte. I, the Juco transfer uh, as a senior now, he is a l- amazing. Yeah, He is a great basketball player. He's averaging 18 points, five rebounds, and four assists a game i mean it, it i think for oregon to win if chris duarte is doing that they win yeah but the issue is is if, he, if he's not going to be there it's going to be tough to watch them win games
0: right and you know like you said with you know it's january february Izzo, it's january february oregon yeah in the last five years oregon has just turned it on at the end of february and the beginning of march and uh i think this team's ready to perform i actually like them to win the pack 12 uh And I think they're going to be able to do it. Like you said, it's going to matter on Chris Duarte. Is he able to perform night after night? And uh, if he's able to do that, I I love that Oregon team to be able to come out of this Pac-12. The two-seed is USC. I'm not a big fan of this USC team. Their free throws kill me. They are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the NCAA. I I was watching the game against Colorado a couple weeks ago. I think they were 316th in the nation. Yep. Yeah,
1: they are. Yeah, and it, you're not
0: gonna win. You're not gonna win a conference tournament, let alone an NCAA tournament, yeah. if you can't make free throws.
1: No, I fully agree with you. Um, I do disagree. I think USC is going to be my favorite to win the Pac-12. Okay. I think they look very, very good. Uh, the winner, obviously, this past weekend to upset UCLA. That that's a team. I, I I do agree with you. I think you know you do have to hit free throws to win. Right. But if you can knock down shots the way USC can. And if you're a team like Oregon in that conference championship game, and you're not hitting shots, or Crystal is not playing well, he
0: USC could trouble. steamroll them. No, I, I agree. USC is a great team. I'm just so worried about them getting into a close game, going to the foul line, and not being able to execute. Yep. And I, I just I just can't pick a team that's ranked 316th in the nation and free throw percentage to win a conference championship. I'll take Oregon. You take USC. We'll we'll, we'll talk later this week and see who's on the right path. Um, the third seed is Colorado. <laughs> sleeper to win the Pac-12, honestly. I love how this team plays. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think Colorado is definitely a sleeper in the Pac-12. I think they're a sleeper in the, in the regular tournament, the NCAA right, I tournament so going too. forward. They're top 25 team. They're playing really well right now. McKinley Wright has been...
0: Electric. Yeah,
1: he's got to be player of the year in the Pac-12 this year. He has been amazing for them. If he, once he's playing well, it's kind of similar to Duarte with Oregon, kind of similar to... Evan Mobley with USC. It's McKinley Wright with Colorado. If he's right. playing well, that's a team that it could very well win the Pac-12 tournament.
0: No, absolutely. I really like this Colorado team. Uh, they beat USC earlier this year. I think you know, they are a team to be reckoned with in the conference as well as in the NCAA tournament as well. So I think, like you said, McKinley Wright absolutely should probably be the Pac-12 player of the year, yeah. and uh, I think they're going to be able to make a little bit of a run in this Pac-12 tournament. The last team we're going to talk about, UCLA. Yeah, uh McCronin. Um
1: I love McCronin. I think he is a great coach. I think I might be a little biased because we worked under the patino tree right. ourselves and obviously he is a prodigy of him. But UCLA has been very, very good this year. I think they've honestly been a surprise for me. Um they may not be to you know, in the national media, but I think right. to me, especially the way they've been kinda of the last few years and even his first year last year, um, U C L A just wasn't they weren't where they what they used to be obviously back in the wooden days. But right. You know, they weren't even remotely close to being no. a competitor in a, in a normal tournament, much less the conference tournament. Um, it's Johnny Juzang, transferred out of Kentucky. Yeah, he's been a monster. He has been very, very good for there. He's been reborn. Obviously, Chris Smith, He day one, he stepped foot on campus. He right. has been very, very good for UCLA, and I think those are going to be their two X factors going into this tournament.
0: No, I really like Johnny Juzang and Chris Smith a lot. I think both of those guys are obviously the keys for this team to be making any run. I think my biggest problem with this team, though, is there's no top 25 wins. Yeah. And if you ha- well, the Pac-12 doesn't really and have that,
1: and, that, and that, it's, it's Like you said, and I mean, you, out of the top four seeds, they have a combined three top 25 wins. Right. And it's by two teams. Or, and it's by USC and Colorado. UCLA and Oregon have zero top 25 wins. Right, and
0: one of those wins for Colorado is against USC. Yep. So it's just one of those things. The Pac-12 doesn't get talked about a lot because a lot of those games play 10 o'clock Eastern time. It's the West Coast. It's late night hours most of the time when they're playing. I, I, I like this UCLA team, but I don't see them making too much of a run in this Pac-12 tournament.
1: No, I don't either. I think it's like you said. I think I really think it's the top two seats in Oregon and USC probably going to be the championship game if i had to guess right i would have to go with that as well i don't see any of those you know outside that top four i don't see any team kind of making a run in that tournament no, none of those teams below them look very good no absolutely. so uh, i think your conference winner is in those top four seats of colorado usc oregon and ucla and i think it's like we said earlier it's between oregon UC, usc
0: absolutely and uh, we are recording this on monday everybody so make sure you guys know that uh, we don't know any new news so if any more injuries happen or anything else happens covid related yeah. uh, we are recording this on monday so forgive us if we miss anything like that. Um, we're going to cap it off. We just had senior nights for a lot of teams. Obviously, all the teams had their senior nights this past weekend or last week at some point. How was your senior night as a manager? Who did you guys play? How'd the game go? Was it easy? Was it a tough one? How'd it go?
1: Yeah, uh, so my senior night, it was two years ago now. Uh, we played Notre Dame. Uh, it was a very easy win for us. Right. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously. Um, when we play them at home we don't really struggle with them here no bit. so um, I, I we never had it but anytime we've been there yeah I never had to so you know we game. beat them 75-61 I, it was a good night um you know it was a little weird uh because before the game usually as a manager you're used to being around the team kind of hurrying to kind of finish off the last couple things before the game starts and pretty much the 10 to 15 minutes before the game you're not dealing with the team you're out with your family you're getting ready to walk out into the court and so it's kind of a Obviously, it's a great honor to be able to be honored on a senior night. Right, uh, you know, absolutely. As a manager, uh, it's four four years of hard work that you've gone through to, you know, be able to come to this. You know, players get announced every single time they come in and out of the game. Right. And for managers, we're sitting there on the bench. So, I think to have your name called in front of 22,000 people and have them, you know, clapping and rooting you on, right. I think it's very electric. But I think, going back to what I was previously saying, you know, that 10 minutes before the game when you're, you're getting re- recognized, it's a little anxiety-driven as a senior – because right. you're used to being the leader and kind of making sure everything's being done, and you're absolutely. kind of putting a lot of faith into your juniors and your sophomores and your freshmen to kind of get everything done for the game without you even being able to really check it out.
0: Right, absolutely, and uh, you know, very similar experience on my part. Uh, we played Virginia. Obviously, my senior year, uh, David Paget was our head coach, and uh, like you said, the 10-15 minutes before, you're used to making sure, you know, the Gatorade coolers are all ready and behind the home bench and the yep. weigh bench. you got the towels ready for each half. You've got <laughs> you just gotta make sure every single thing is ready. You got a guy collecting warm ups right before the game starts. It's a little bit of a different experience when it comes to senior night because you don't have to worry about those things that you name as a senior manager. And uh, it's a very humbling experience though as well to be able to feel the crowd and feel the appreciation. Like you said, it is a lot of hard work being a student manager and yeah. being behind the scenes. You don't get that recognition that the players do. And yeah. you know we don't do it for the recognition at all. We do it because we love the game and we love being a part of the program. But it is cool to finally you know get that recognition on your senior night and i think louisville does a great job of what they do with the managers by honoring them and announcing them right before they announce the players and uh, it was a really cool experience to be able out there and they let us stay out there for mine with the players as well yep Uh, i'm sure it was the same as yours yep yeah Uh, we got to stay out there with the it's very cool experience i
1: think not only for you because you're used to being around the team i think it's also kind of cool for your family to be out there exactly yeah when especially for not maybe not for all But, you know, both of our families kind of grew up around here. Right. So, you know, I know, like, my parents were pretty diehard Louisville fans. You know, I know it was, like, it was a really cool honor for my dad to be able to just come out to, you know, get tickets for games on a regular basis again, much less be able to walk out on the court with me. So, I do want to say, I think the most memorable part of my senior night was after the game, we were going to take pictures on the court. Okay. And with my family. And my mom was holding my one-year-old niece. And she went to step up on the court. Oh, no. Fell oh, with God my niece gosh. in her hand. Luckily, nobody was no, hurt. Okay, everybody was okay. But in front of everybody, I mean, you had the cheerleaders and the ladybirds and, you know, players and managers, all their families are out there trying to take pictures on the court after the game. Right. They're all out there. And everybody's kind of in that same area right around the tunnel where we we're right. walking out from. So everybody is just standing there like walking like, are oh you gosh, okay? okay? Of course, exactly. and, and it's even more dramatic with a one-year-old in your hand that's right. crying now.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> I definitely don't have it. Well, the end of my uh, senior night was not the uh, Brutal. The, 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 not the best. Your yeah, senior we, night was brutal. We were playing number one Virginia. We needed to win the game to be able to get into the tournament. We were a bubble team all year. Uh, our biggest win was at Florida State that year. Playing Virginia at home, you know, everybody that's a Louisville fan knows Louisville, Virginia. It's a big rivalry now. Big we would never beat them. We over. never win. Uh, we only won one time in my four years, and that was because of Mango. Uh, but... You know we're playing Virginia. We're up by four points, five seconds left. Well, that's it's,
1: after being up by like twenty. Points. Right, we we ended up we already blew the lead it, and
0: yeah, you know, everybody's excited. The crowd's ready to rush the court. Uh, up by four points, they shoot a three. We foul them on the three. Thinking, okay, there's .9 seconds left. Worst case scenario, he makes two free throws. They get a tip in. I guess we go to overtime. Yeah, because my head uh, makes the first two free throws intentionally misses the third. There's a lane violation on Virginia. Ball goes underneath out of bounds. We call uh, a timeout. We call a timeout to talk about it. Dang, inbounds the ball. Obviously, he has a little fan, you know. He wasn't allowed to move, ended up moving. Virginia gets the ball. 0.9 seconds left. 0.9 on the seconds clock. left and You un- still
1: think it's over? Uh, you still think it's a 0.9 I, very seconds nervous. Virginia getting the ball. It's no, it's, I guess
0: we were up 2 at the point, my bad. Uh, up 2 points. And uh, of course, Everybody that was watching that game, or anybody that's ever watched the game, has seen this highlight probably by now. With DeAndre Hunter gets the ball and uh, banks in a three from forever away, and they celebrate in front of our bench. Um, so it was a, not the best ending to the senior night. No. It, it was
1: that was a, that was an emotional night. Very, for mean, everybody. I don't involved. think I left my
0: seat for about ten minutes after that point. Yep. I don't think I talked to anybody for about thirty. Uh, it's just one of those games, though. Obviously, I'm never going to forget that game but senior night after you know after you kind of get over the emotions of it you get to go out there and take pictures with your family like you said able to enjoy your last moments in the yum as part of the team uh, which is a very cool experience and they do a great job of taking pictures with the coaches and the, t- and the players and things like that so uh, it was a very memorable experience as much as it sucked to my senior <laughs> night to be the Virginia game uh, I was able to be out there with my grandfather who passed away and it's just great to have those memories in my head as well uh, but Thank you guys all for joining us for our first episode. Yeah, thank you guys. We're going to be doing this twice a week. Uh, We're going to try to do them on Mondays and Thursdays. So make sure you guys are subscribed on wherever you guys get your podcast and our uh, YouTube channel as well. We'll, uh, We'll see you next time.